Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Diane. And my name is Pete. And we are back again. Some nice summertime weather today. Mm-hmm. It was no ordinary day, was it? I guess not. Although, you always predict that we're going to go through winter, semi, warmer winter, and then summer right away. That's true. It's true. It's probably on log somewhere on this podcast, this very podcast. Which is basically what happened. It yeah, was yeah. warm today. Yeah. What was the temperature? Did we get that? Did you read that? Because it feels like the hottest summer day to me today, and we're at the end of May. Well, someone told me it was thirty, going to be 32 degrees Celsius okay. today. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt and like. that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, we didn't have the normal humidex that we normally have, where it's... 32 and feels like 40 or something. Right, 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 right. So we didn't quite have that, but it was hot in the sunshine. We went mm-hmm. for a walk this evening, even around, you know, 637. It, it was warm out. Yeah, especially on the sunny stri- side of the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are we going to talk about today, honey? Uh, well, apparently you have a few articles that you wanted to bring up. That's as two. Not talking few. point. Okay, two. Um, and I also wanted to talk about a performance review that I had today. All right. At work. All right. I would say that's kind of like my first official performance review. That's a good point. So you, how many, what do we have? Five? You four months in or five months in? Three. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So for other people, you would be, uh, basically past the, um, Probationary, probationary point, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just so happened that every year around this time, HR at my company does a big uh, kind of performance review blitz, and because I'm contract, I don't get kind of roped into their big systemic review where there's all these forms you have to fill out and you have to have multiple people's opinion on how you're doing and you're supposed to represent the company values and all this stuff. So I don't have to do any of that. I don't think I didn't. Um, but we took the opportunity to schedule a meeting with me and my boss just to have, you know, a touch base and see how it's going. Um, and I thought that was very good because I don't really get a chance to really sit one-on-one with my boss very often. We're always running to different meetings and working on different projects. So it was nice to get her kind of one-on-one feedback to how I'm doing because no one's really said that, um, you know, I'm doing like a great job, like regularly, but no one's also said like anything negative about me. So I just assumed that I was doing everything that I was supposed to do, but you never really know until you actually talk to someone. Um, so yeah, it was really good to sit down and just kind of, uh, see where I was at and even just see like, how are you adjusting to the workplace after being in grad school? Right. Uh, how is that transition going for you? How are you enjoying the culture here? What are things that you've had to learn? Um, that sort of thing. So what's the answer to those questions? Um, I'm very curious. Yeah. What's it like being in the workplace now? It's, I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. I have still been in touch with my old lab and just hearing about the work that they're doing. I'm pretty happy being in a different place and not (laughs) putting in the amount of hours that I'm sure they're putting in. And, I'm really okay with that (laughs) at this point in time. 
Um, That's good. Yes. So that is good. Uh, She was also curious to know how I was enjoying the position. And we got talking about how the position can be very administrative at times. It feels like I'm doing a lot of organizing or background work to organizing curriculum. We need to have access to all our old documents. So someone needs to take care of that. Um, So I've been doing a lot of that um, and just a lot of documenting processes and things that you've been doing. Um, So it can feel at times like you're being very administrative and you're on the computer a lot. But I like that part of the role, too. Uh, So I think I'm kind of fully enjoying the role and all it encompasses. I guess originally I kind of thought, well, if I'm an instructional designer, I'll be helping people design their curriculum every single day. And that's what I'll be doing. And there really are many different facets to the job. So I'm still learning everything that I will be involved with or that I can be involved with. Um, But enjoying it, I would say. Can can I add a a point? Yeah. Um, I think everybody's job under a certain age, Mm -hmm. you become an administrator of some sorts to Mm. people who are older. And and I'm sorry if that sounds like it's a bit ageist or something, but even as a graphic designer, multimedia designer, one of the projects I was assigned to do was develop an Excel document for two ladies to put in their time. Right. And it's like, that's pretty straightforward Excel work. Mm -hmm. And I would say that would be very administrative, but Mm -hmm. that fell to the graphic designer or a multimedia designer to to Hmm. design for them. So, I mean, I'm used to that. I've been doing that ever since I started working. It's like, can you show me how to use Word? Oh my goodness. I do that every day. Yeah, for sure. Um, One of my jobs is to make Word templates. And then part of my job is to fix all the Word templates that no one knows how to use because no one knows how to use Word. So I I think it's a bit of, it doesn't matter how much education you have or what your role is. I do think administration pops up a lot for everyone in a certain age group. For sure. I just didn't foresee it as part of the role that I would have, I guess, which is fine. I like it. I'm okay with it. I can produce a lot of good stuff in a short period of time. So I'm a-okay with that. Um... Other questions that we went through today was kind of what have I been up to? Um, So I'm really starting to, now that I've been there for a few months, I'm starting to see where I can contribute and what I can do. Um, So starting to grow kind of in that domain, booking some consultations, um, taking some initiative and deciding to start working on, we do a new faculty orientation kind of looking through the person before me had all the tasks laid out in a project management software tool so I could go in and see all the things that I needed to do. So I thought I'd start working on that. And yeah, my boss is just kind of like, that's great. Fantastic. Um, my boss is, her title is director um, of where, of my department. And she kind of mentioned, you know, I feel like I haven't been really like directing you (laughs) in anything. (laughs) And I've also been feeling that. Um, But I also didn't know if that was kind of part of the way the role worked (laughs) (laughs) in that we had very different tasks and she wasn't necessarily someone who directed me all the time. Um, So I was fine with that. I think if I had gotten like super bored, I would have gone up to her and kind of said, like, can you give me something to do? (laughs) Right. But there's a lot of different things that I can be involved with. So 
I've been okay so far. But she definitely acknowledged that and said, if you need me to direct you a little more, I certainly can take more of a role in that. Although I think we work well the way it's working right now. Is that what you told her? Um, yeah, I said, sure. I mean, I have lots of things that I'm, that I've got on the go. So I think I'm good. I think we're good the way things are going right now. Um, yeah, she asked me what kind of my goals were for the next little while. Uh, (laughs) I hate doing those. I didn't have to articulate specific goals, just kind of mentioned that it was important to me to do some kind of continuing education or professional development, just because I feel that I have a lot of good skills that are useful for my job, but I'm missing maybe a lot of the theoretical background. Um, So I just felt that that would be kind of important to build on over the next little while. And she certainly said that if I um, found out about a conference or something that I wanted to attend, that um, they could look into it for me and give me the time to do that. Um, so that would be good and something that I'm looking into. And otherwise I feel like I just need to still keep finding my way around and learning as I go. Uh, she did ask me, it was kind of funny. I guess they're supposed to ask you if there are any tension or conflicts that need to be resolved, (laughs) which she's kind of, she said it very seriously. And I kind of said like, no, not at all. And she's like, okay, I was pretty sure not because we have such a really good team that we work with. Mm Um, and we're so small, we're five people or something. So, I mean, <laughs> be pretty obvious if there were attentions going on. If I said, no, it's great. My office mate has been really great and really encouraging, uh, which is really nice. And I think we've, my office mate and I have gotten on a more comfortable level where today I had a question and he came back from a meeting and I just kind of immediately asked him mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of sitting there for a while or like, writing out an email <laughs> or something, oh, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so just kind of straight up asking right away and getting something going. I, I thought that was good. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. So moving that's a good forward. Sign. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no one is um, mean or confrontational or anything. So we didn't have to worry about that. But I guess that's kind of something you want to check in on. Um, and it was also interesting because she was kind of talking to or alluding to the fact that uh, maybe it would be good to keep me on after my contract is done. And she's like, of course, if that's something that you want. And I'm like, no, I think that would be really beneficial. Okay, good. So you're showing interest already. That's, that's yeah, good. For all people involved. Because I just said, I feel like I've learned so much in three months and I'll be so well integrated after a year right. that it would just be such a shame for me to then leave. That's what you said? Oh man. Yeah, maybe not expert. Yeah, maybe not as well articulated as that, but uh, okay. kind of along those lines of I feel like I've learned so much and that would just seem like kind of such a waste to not stay on in any kind of particular role. And she's sort of saying, you know, I'm sure we'd be able to find a place for you somewhere. Um, because my department and then an area around it is certainly growing. So I don't think there's anything definite right now where they're kind of like, we have the funding, we can pay an extra person to do this, mm-hmm. but it's in their minds, in her mind and in the seniors director's mind too, just kind of thinking, what can we do? Because I think it's true. Like you're going to put all this time and effort to train someone and have them learn your organization and work with all these different people. And then 
in a year, this person will leave. Yeah. In the, in a year, this person will leave. And maybe shortly after that, we'll have this new role, which maybe isn't the same, or maybe it is the same. And now we have to train this whole new person and get them up to speed for another eight months and then have them working at the level where I could just come in and do it. So I think there's lots of possibility. Um, I'm obviously not holding my breath and thinking that this is going to happen um, because there's nothing concrete yet. And I've only been there three months. Three months, yeah. But I mean, at um, least it's good that conversation has started because that means you've made a good enough impression. Yes. And I think it's in everyone's mind that this person fits well here. And if we have something, we should try and fit her in this space. Cool. So that was good news. Would you, would you take it? Would you extend this job? Speaking at three months right now. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that you could see yourself doing longer. For sure. Cool. Yeah. I think it's a good, as your mom stated at one dinner that we had, like, this is a great launch pad for yeah. you. Um, and I think that's, yeah, yeah, I think that's true. It is a fairly small organization. So I remember talking to someone else who has been in her role for quite some time and she said, you know, it's great, but there's no place really to move up if you are happy here. Mm. Um, but I think just given like kind of our life situation and where we're at Mm. that having something, um, stable, that's not, um, making me work 12 hours a day and on all weekends, (laughs) Yeah. And paying me well is a really good place to be right now. Um, And for me, it's always been about trying to find some kind of balance. Like I'm really interested in being involved in a number of different things, whether that be volunteering or camp or church or um, sports, having the time to do all of that. And this job definitely allows me to be able to do all of that and still um, stimulates me with new problems. Great. So I can't wait to check up with you in another three months and see comparison wise where you feel then Mm -hmm. if it goes up or down, stays the same. That would be cool. It would be a neat, uh, comparison point. Cool. Yeah. So that was about it. That's great. Performance so far is good. Yeah, that'd be a funny ending if it's like, and they don't like me, Mm -hmm. and I have two weeks. (laughs) Trying to think of a good segue here, but I can't think of one. Cool. Um, So we're going to talk about the U.S. Cool. We've dabbed in this a couple times, but there's been a couple articles that have popped up recently that that got my interest. Um, Cool. One, because although I wouldn't say I'm like, I don't know, like the most patriotic person. I'm mm-hmm. defi- I definitely love Canada. I yes. And when someone starts to badmouth Canada, it, cl- it catches my interest. Mm-hmm. Especially when that someone is the president of the United States. Right. So he was quoted, was this, Wednesday, May 23rd. This is from ctvnews.ca. The headline is, Trump calls Canada very spoiled and, quote, difficult to deal with. Um, I believe this is all stemming from trade agreements because this all started with his, uh, when he was first elected, it's about, I'm going to have more American jobs. So basically I'm going to abolish all trade. Mm -hmm. Um, so in this, uh, discussion, he's really speaking about two countries. It's Canada and Mexico. So, uh, going through some of these quotes, he kind of treats us 
and thinks of us exactly the same as Mexico, which I also find interesting. Maybe he'll now build a wall. Yeah. <laughs> right through, uh, yeah, right through Niagara Falls. Right on the falls, like, just in case someone wants to cross that. Crazy. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share this with you, and I kind of want to, you know, bang this back and forth with you to see what uh, mm-hmm. what you thought of this. Um, I can give you a couple more um, interesting quotes, but, yeah, it's essentially about he, – he's, he's teasing. He hasn't announced why yet, but apparently in these uh, trade agreement discussions, he finds Canada to be whiny <laughs> and uh, Mexico to be demanding. And he says, big news is coming soon, meaning – uh, specifically on auto manufacturing. So we're only in speculation mode here, but I wonder if he's like going to cut out anything to do with like Ford or Chrysler or some of the more plants that are in, in, in Canada, maybe even. Or like, Mexico. Well, yeah, Mexico too. But mm-hmm. this article seemed very specific about Canada. It is CTV News. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it could be that too. But uh, to specifically say, big news is coming soon for American auto workers. And Canada's being a baby. So uh, that's basically the story. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a quote from Justin Trudeau I would like to find for you. I think it might be further up the page, actually. Mm. If you keep looking. It's good that you can see this. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Prime Minister Trudeau said, all negotiations are challenging and, cont- and Canada will continue to work on a new NAFTA deal. Mm-hmm. This is a deal that matters deeply to the citizens of our three countries. So I do love that comparison also of quotes. Yes. Where essentially Trump is always like big, big headlines. These guys are babies. They suck, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then ours is like, well, this is very important. I understand that they're challenging. He uses those words too. And it's great because, I mean, when Trudeau came in, everyone's like, oh, he's just a kid or he's a spoiled kid or whatever. But I, I feel like he's way more diplomatic. That's <laughs> not saying much. Than uh, the American president. Oh, for sure. This has been going on for a very long time, too. Mm -hmm. These negotiations. And I don't know enough about it to comment fully. But yes, it seems to me that Trump is trying to weasel himself some kind of... Of course, I'm going to be extremely biased. Please do. Weasel himself some kind of... Um, fantastic deal for the United States that basically cuts Mexico and Canada off of this free trade agreement that benefits all three of our countries. Uh, But again, I don't know enough about it to say much, although I would not be the one, I would not like to be the one having to negotiate with Trump. Yeah. Can you imagine being in those meetings with him? It'd be pointless. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be like such a waste of time. Yeah. So... Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. He did, yeah, he did campaign on a lot of America first, all their jobs are going away, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but maybe yeah. there's a reason why American jobs are going away. And let's segue into the next article, which okay. I find interesting. Um, this one struck me as interesting, um, both out of recent tragedies, but also because it, it touches on... Uh, one of my interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a guy, Oliver North, okay, who's involved in the NRA. Right. Um, this article is from Polygon.com, uh, May 24th. It's also recent. 
So, to no one's surprise, the new president of the National Rifle Association blamed pop culture for the mass shooting in Santa Fe, Texas, that killed 10. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, the NRA's president is the same man who was hired to advise on and promote the Call of Duty game that's among one of the biggest sellers in video games franchise. So, he comes from a history of being marketing okay. for Call of Duty, and now he's joined the NRA, and he's blaming video games for violence. Interesting. So what's really neat about this is there's two quotes in the article. One about his recent one, which is condemning uh, the the new scapegoat media. Okay. And then next there's a quote from him when he worked for Activision and is saying, uh, Call of Duty is great because of all of its realism and great shooting mechanics and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, I mean, I guess on one point you can say, well, he's a real fan of guns. So that's, I guess, in line. Yeah, okay. But in other ways, it's like... He's contradicting isn't himself? is kind of a funny contradiction? And did you not think no one would notice and write an article about this? Because that kind of <laughs> makes your point moot, you know? Mm-hmm. In a weird way. I don't know. What's your initial feelings off of that? I didn't know he had such a conflict of interest going on there. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, there are oftentimes opinions that get stated by members of the NRA that just seem so illogical that it's incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's a really well-written article. I don't want to go through the whole thing because mm-hmm. it's their article and I didn't write it. So mm-hmm. I'll leave that to be searched for, uh, Polygon. Um but it, it does bring up a neat discussion, and even uh, surprisingly, from video game website, the comments are actually quite uh, engaging and, and well thought out. Hmm. And one of the neat things they bring up is uh, the history of media that have been blamed in the past. And right. one of them brought up how Catcher in the Rye was blamed for all violence at one period in time. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. true. That's kind of a funny thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the book was banned for a while, wasn't it, in yeah. the United States? Yeah, or even, yeah, remember Rushdie, who like couldn't be like, he had to like flee a country because of a book he wrote. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's kind of funny. And I even remember when uh, rap music became first very popular in like the 80s to early 90s, and mm-hmm. they had to develop the uh, parent discretion warning label on right. top of the, right. uh, on top of the uh, CDs, mm-hmm. which, you know, actually backfired because more people would buy those when they saw that label on it, because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the cool rapper. Um, and then, you know, now we're into modern times. So, you know, as someone who's outside of the media video games, this is a hotly debated t- topic. Do you think video games are responsible for all of the shootings that have been happening in the United States right now? No. <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> Short answer no. <laughs> uh, my brother played a lot of violent video games. Still does, I think. Yeah. He's not about to go. Well, he does not own crime. he does not own a gun. He doesn't own a gun. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of scientific evidence that shows what links violent crime mm-hmm. and what causes it or what is linked to it. Yeah. And I, they're ignoring it. And they have such a um, popular and strong and 
That's not the word I'm looking for, though. Pervasive. I don't know. How would you describe the NRA? Ugh. They're just so big yeah. that government can't tackle them. Yeah, and I'm trying to find there was a really insightful comment in here also talking about the past because like, there were issues with um, teenagers drunk driving and killing a lot of people mm-hmm. in, in a certain period of time. And what they did is they started making um, uh, courses to teach kids about the safety of driving or uh, bad things about alcohol. And then they mm-hmm. raised the alcohol limit to 21. So it was during that period. And it's like there's all these uh, things that they tried to do to mm-hmm. solve the problem. Yes. Whereas I feel like right now, uh, with the situation they're in, they're too busy just picking things to blame, almost like a scapegoat, mm-hmm. rather than going, well, you know what, we need, maybe we need to teach some lessons on gun violence, or maybe we need to make it a little harder for people to get guns. Instead of saying that we're being threatened for our rights to own guns, it should be, well, maybe mm-hmm. maybe the right should be a privilege, you know? Like There's... they always say, you don't have a right to drive. You uh, You have to get a license to drive. Yeah. And there's so many, I mean, I can't quote their sources, but there's been so much after every mass shooting, there's all kinds of infographics and articles that pop up on Facebook about them that people share. Um, Just really crazy stats. Like there was this really dangerous game of darts or something that came out and killed three kids. Wow. And it's banned after that, right? Done. But you can, yeah, but you can have all these violent crimes committed by um, guns and nothing is done about it. Um, I remember watching a forum where Barack Obama was speaking and a guy asks a question and he says something like, why do you have to go and be taking away all of our legally owned guns is basically what, what he was going like, why are you attacking us? We are responsible gun owners. And Obama's like, I'm not after the responsible gun owners. Exactly. Yeah. I'm after everyone else Mm -hmm. like why just they get so in their head that they're just attacking them and then this population of people just kind of um directs what ends up happening and the example that's brought forth so many times that the united states ignores is that there was a giant there was a mass shooting in australia in the 1990s yeah and after that, there was major reform to the gun laws. That's right up in the comments, too. Yeah? That's crazy. That, that example has been used multiple times. And they have not had, I think, just most recently, they had multiple murder by a gun. Mm-hmm. But that's... Worst mass shooting in 22 years. Yeah. And seven dead, yeah. The headline, seven dead, worst mass shooting in 22 years after they had all those reforms. And guaranteed, there are people who live out in the middle of the Australian outback that legally own guns to probably protect their uh, crops or their livestock. The killer beasts. But we don't have the mass shootings that we're seeing in the United States. Yeah. Um, Like, you see videos of these kids from these high schools, and they're kind of like, well... I mean, it was bound to happen. It's It's kind of like, that is a horrible way to have to go to school. Um, And reading quotes of kids who walk into a classroom and scan to make sure they can see where all the exits are whenever they walk in there. Like, that is not, in a a country as advanced as the United States to have to live in that way when you're a teenager, 
yeah. going to school, that's like a horrible situation. But it's kind of this deadlock where they can't do anything. Yeah, and actually, I haven't really seen Trump say anything about ways to fix this other than his, you know, quick, I feel really sorry about the events that happened today, mm-hmm. his typical message. It's also funny that he sometimes tweets them. It's just like, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be tweeting these messages. Like, what kind of a president are you? It's like mm-hmm. weird. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to see some programs. I'd love to see, you know, something happen out of this for have- change. Have you ever seen the infographic about what it takes to legally own a gun in Japan? I didn't think they could own guns. They can, but they have to sit through a certain number of classroom hours mm. on gun safety first, and it's it's a large amount of hours. Mm-hmm. They have to pass a shooting like uh, target oh, okay. practice to show that they can actually use the gun. So it sounds a lot like... You can only have a certain type of gun. You can't own an AK-47 in Japan. That's good. Um, And then on a regular basis, your home gets inspected to make sure that you're properly storing your weapon and you get kind of like audited as to, are you a responsible owner? Are you keeping up with your um, training, knowledge, all that stuff, etc. And this comes about because of kind of Japan's, um, I think, wanting to distance themselves from such violent acts after World War II. Yes. Uh, but they have like crazy gun reform <laughs> and a number of different hoops that you have to jump through to own. Yeah. But like, you know, it doesn't, gun. it doesn't sound that crazy to me. This sounds a lot like the process you go through for getting a license to drive a car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we just recently, unfortunately had an incident where someone decided to kill a bunch of people in a car in yes. our city. So, like, they can be a weapon, too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't understand why they have to be, the NRA needs to be on such defense, the idea of perhaps making sure a weapon is being used by the right person. That's the only part I'm very confused about. It's almost becoming a joke upon itself. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really want to get too much into that, but I'm, I'm so yeah. glad we did. Um, that was a neat chat. It's sad. It is very sad. The state of America doesn't make me really want to talk about it at all. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was a crazy, crazy coincidence. (laughs) Yep, there's some interesting politics going on down there. It will be interesting to see where Ontario votes on June 7th as well. Oh, God. And see what becomes of that, because that's kind of turning into an interesting race as well. Yeah, we're going to probably have to talk about that, aren't we, pretty soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. When's the election? That's June, not... June 7th. Okay, so, so not... So it's not this Thursday, it's the Thursday after. All right, so, so stay we could tuned do, for that. Yeah, we may have updates next week, or we may do it after. Yeah. You are planning on advanced voting, which is a great option. Uh-huh. I have not decided what I'm going to do yet, because I think I am free. You know, Thursday nights, usually you do your band night, so... I usually have Thursday nights free, so I may go go vote and then come home and chillax and try and relax, maybe, if things are getting very tense. <laughs> you going to watch, like, the live stream and, like, I gnaw do off usually. all your fingernails? Yeah, I do usually watch it because um, CBC usually does a live stream and has all it color-coded and very engaging with all the screens that they put up, so I could. I could. Maybe I can work that into my stream somehow. Into your band night stream? Yeah. 
Like, it's getting more liberal. Let's play a, a rockin' tune. Nice. It's getting more PC. Let's play a pop song. <laughs> I was going to say blues, but pop song. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, Good chat. Cool. All right. Well, if anyone else would like to share their love or hate of America, send me an email at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear some uh, other opinions, um, since we tend to almost always take the exact same side. Yeah. Except for one episode, which you should listen to. Which one was that? Uh, Review of New Girl. Nice. (laughs) We couldn't be on more opposite ends that one time. About a TV show. <laughs> yes, real important things. <laughs> cool. Uh, and thank you to Field Processor for our music. You can check out all things Field Processor at fieldprocessor.com and catch them on Twitch Thursday nights every single week. Sweet. But until next time, won't you take one more? For the road. <laughs> <laughs>